Hello and welcome to Subclass Act, a solo role-playing actual play podcast. I'm your host, James Schrall. Hey everybody and welcome back to the newest episode of Subclass Act. It is so good to have you here back with me. We're going to get to a listener email from Andy Slack and then we're going to get right into some thoughts about uh, the season and some adjustments that I'm going to make. Everybody knew I'm sure that I was going to make adjustments and here we are. I don't know why I commit to not making adjusting for things. That's not how I play. That's bizarre. Anyways, I'm a strange person. But along that vein, uh, hopefully everybody here is accustomed to my brand of strangeness at this point. Anyways, let's get into it. Let's get into this email from Andy. It says, great to see subclass act back and congratulations on the new job. Hope you and the family are all well. I'll be happy to follow whatever you game you feel like running. Keep it coming. Well, I'm glad to hear that for a few reasons. One, it's always good to hear from listeners and and good to hear from you, Andy. I'm glad that you're back. Glad that subclass act is back. I am too. I had been waiting to start season four for a while. uh, And and, uh, it is great to have a job and (laughs) have that level of security. Uh, things are a little crazy in the world right now. Um, and yeah, there's just, even even in my bubble, even beyond me, there were layoffs happening in, in people that I love around me and all this stuff, just crazy craziness. Um, so hopefully everybody out there is also doing well. Uh, I am glad to have the job and have one that l- lets me have some of this free time on Fridays. Um, you know, work can work more during the, the rest of the day so that I can have these Fridays and have some time for the mic. Um, the family is doing well. We are all doing well. And uh, I'm glad that you'll be happy to follow whatever game that I'm running because what I realize is that whatever game I'm running is really a good way to put it. Because <laughs> even in my best attempts, my, my probably my longest running system that I ran was probably in season three because I ran Classic Traveler for probably the bulk of that. I did throw some other stuff in there. Um, and I think it's just... I keep wanting to have a, a, a season, probably just because I'm used to, you know, listening to Tale of the Manticore and other shows, and, and me myself and Die, and each season has a has a, uh, a game, and I don't know, but I haven't been able to stick with that, and I think it's just because I don't know if it's just because I get distracted or what, but I think I am just so used to kit bashing stuff together, specifically for solo. I don't really do this nearly as much with my table game. Those tend to be stable games with some one shots here and there, um, but I don't know. I think it just for some reason I, I tend to kit bash more um, when I'm when I'm playing solo, and I don't really know what that's about. I think it's because the game that I'm running when I'm playing solo is about a particular storyline, and it's not always about specific mechanics as much. And I think that that's maybe unusual, but I think perhaps I'm unusual, <laughs> so maybe that accounts for it. Um, but I am making a slight adjustment, um, and I'm trying to stick to it for a bit. But I'll talk about how I might make a future adjustment again later. Actually, two kinds. We'll get to that. Um, but we're going to get into the slight adjustment I'm making. So I am going to make a slight adjustment, at least for now. Um, I really like Pathfinder 1, but I was looking more into the character and sort of the advancement. It's going to take a while, even with the sort of fast track advancement on there, to advance if I didn't use milestones, which I probably would have to use. Um, but I was starting to get overwhelmed for solo, specifically with all of the options and stuff. When you're playing with a group, totally different. So it's no no bash against Pathfinder 1. It's got all of this cool stuff, and that is awesome. But it's it's... It's actually not even so much solo. There's an element to that, but it's really just when I get on the mic. When I get on the mic, my brain gets dumb, and I just I get the stupids, and I can't speak sometimes the same way. And there's just, I, I forget obvious things um, that I've done before. It's just something about being on the mic. I, I've heard you know this is just a thing. It's the same thing with the camera. Um, so it just makes it more difficult than normally with solo play when you're not on the mic. You can take your time when you're not on the mic more. You can look into things. 
you know, I don't get to play as much when I'm not on the mic, but when I do, you know, it's maybe just 10 minutes here or there, and you can spend those 10 minutes, whatever. I mean, you can even not be playing, but just reading the rule books and stuff. Now, I probably will still pull out um, the GM's guide uh, every once in a while from Pathfinder, because there's just a lot of good stuff in there. So what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm moving to something that I think that will fit the theme enough. Um, a slight translation here. Um, but I want to get into sort of what that what that means in this case. So without further ado, the, the game that I'm going to be using for now, um, for this season, it's a little bit simpler for me to understand with still, I think, a lot of depth that's um, maybe people don't always talk about the depth that's there. Uh, and that's Index Card RPG. So I'm going to be using ICRPG Master Edition for now. Um, I know people talk about it as rules light, and I don't think that that's really fair because there's a lot of stuff in here, um, and I might layer that in eventually. You know, I might layer in a lot of the options. Um, there's a ton of options in there, um, and it's certain. I don't. I wouldn't call it rules light anymore if you add all the options with that, and um, you know the optional advancement paths, uh, especially for magic, and so uh, the optional magic system. There's all kinds of stuff in here, so I don't think there's going to be any lack of depth if I want to add it, but I would call it streamlined because I think it's very intuitive and easy to run. So that's going to be a little bit easier on my brain. I've found, um, even on, I've played it a little bit on the show, but even off the show, uh, ICRPG, I think, works incredibly well for solo. So I'm going to be doing that. Um, there is uh, another optional game that I, if I were to make another translation at some point, that might happen. I don't have my copy here. I've got two games on the way that I'm very excited about. One of them is the advanced expansion set for Old School Essentials, so the Old School Essentials Advanced Expansion Set, because I've got the Classic Rules Tome, and I didn't want to get another set of two tomes that cover the same material, so I just got that, which is the separate books for just the expansion to add it to the Classic um, Set. That's great. Great game. Old School Essentials is excellent for solo. Um, but for the purposes of this season, the other game that could end up being really, really cool, I, when I was first hearing about it, it wasn't it wasn't really striking me, and then I watched a little bit more about it, and I sort of was like, oh, if I break my mind out of what I'm used to, I think there's actually a lot of good stuff here. Now I'm really excited about it, and that is Crown and Skull. I actually ordered Crown and Skull uh, from Runehammer Games. I ordered the special, super, super fancy edition, kind of splurged a little bit on that. Um, I'm really excited about it because one, as an artifact, which is important for me specifically, but especially with Solo, but the, as an artifact, the book looks amazing. It's supposed to be really high quality. Reminds me of kind of um, uh, Burning Wheel in that way, which is another game I really want to try Solo sometime. Um, I just got to break into that a little bit. Anyway, that's on the way. I think that could actually be really, really cool, especially for Solo. There's a lot of really cool random tables in there, and they are tied to the settings in that book, but I think they could be broken away from that. To that end, the other game that could, feed, that could maybe or maybe not feature in this game, but just an idea I'm throwing out there, and I'm curious what you think is. I, I've introduced two areas here, right? They're sort of the outer the outer part of the world, Arendor, that we've talked about that's in the world storm, or at least this part of it is in the world storm. Um, and this is why, that's why this city is submerged under the ice here and has been for, nobody can remember how long with the sprawling city. And so Sauvage Le Feu is firmly rooted there. But we don't know if that'll, I don't know if that'll be, I haven't planned anything ahead of time, as you know, with the show, but, um, you know, that may not be the case. We may find that somebody has made it to the surface. We may find that there are people coming from the surface or the surface has finally opened up. It's available. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I don't know any of that. We'll find that out as we play through the season. But I thought, okay, if I experience a character death, I want to keep the season going. And even still, I might introduce a second character at some point. Um, 
so there, there may be another angle, and that would be from the outside working in. So it's possible there would be a character who lives on the outside in, in Arendor itself and is looking for this uh, fabled city. So I, I don't, again, I don't know if that's the case. I'm not planning threads ahead. It's just something that's uh, hit my mind. And, and it, that might bring back the other game I was planning to use for the season that I think would be extremely fit for the outside world, which would be um, Forbidden Lands. I think Forbidden Lands would be perfect for that. It would be very easy to translate its setting on the um, in Forbidden Lands into Arendor that way. Um, so sort of in this world storm translates really well to the blood mist kind of stuff that's implied or just explicitly stated in Forbidden Lands. So that could be another potential. So if Sauvage dies in this season, and then you know, we can move to that other character or I might just at some point introduce a second character and have sort of like a lot of times that happens in TV shows and movies or, or novels, have two characters that are working in at, at the beginning, two seemingly unrelated plots and, and maybe they will intertwine and maybe they won't. I don't know. So I'm just throwing that out there. Oops, I'm bumping my mic as well. I'm just throwing that out there. Let me know what you think about that. Uh, anyways, those are the, the other possible games that could show up. Um, I, I'm just, I can't, I keep trying to put these artificial constraints on myself creative, uh, creatively because in general, those really help where you, you set some sort of constraint um, because if you have infinite possibilities, you get the blank canvas problem where you just, where do I even go? So constraints do breed creativity, but I keep picking the wrong ones. Okay, I also feel like using a different oracle for this session. Um, one that I've used before, I want to highlight it more, and I want—I think it might be really good. Um, and that is, um, I'm going to look at it because I actually have the cover here, so I say it right this time. C-R-G-E, Conjectural Role-Playing uh, Game Master Emulator by the, um, at least at least I'm pretty sure the the unfortunately late um, Zach Best. But this is a really, really great oracle. Uh, and it's free, and it's, it's somewhat structured, but it's still lightweight, um, and so I like that. I've got my little index card here with my characters and my threads, and we're gonna move right into it. Last time, we left Sauvage. He was in this room. He had gone through this door, challenging him to seek magic, sort of for its own sake, take the risks. Seems like a very magic user thing to do. It's very not, very much not my personality, but Sauvage is not me. So he is now surrounded by these shadows, these phantasms, I'm imagining it almost like um, the room where uh, in o Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time where Link encounters Shadow Link, sort of imagining it sort of that way. But they're more like shadowy tendrils. They're not really specifically forms yet that have taken shape. And so I don't know what's going to happen with any of that. So first things first, that's sort of the scene that we're setting up. We need to figure out more about what's going on in this room. So we're in the to knowledge phase, and I will use this counter die D20 to track um, the surge count. Okay, you can look up, uh, I've done it before this previous episode, so I'm not going to recap the rules of ICRPG, really, or this oracle. I've done it in plenty of episodes before, hopefully you can follow along. Okay, so first things first, I want to know, um, is, is there any, what, I want to know if there's anything that takes shape in this room, really. I want to know if um, there is some sort of obstacle that appears ahead. I'm assuming that there probably is. And so I'm not even gonna ask that part. What I'm gonna ask though, is it the shape of some sort of a creature or some sort of other obstacle? So is it is it some sort of a creature on the two knowledge here? 34, which is a, uh, which is a no. And then we add two to the surge count. Uh, no, so it's not, a, it's not a creature, or it's not a uh, creature. So it's gotta be some sort of obstacle that's, that's not a creature. So uh, let's see. Is it some sort of, um, 
Is there some of these phantasms? Uh, is it some sort of a physical challenge? Should be interesting for a wizard. Or does it at least appear that way? Is it some sort of a physical challenge? Uh, we got a five. Um, which, and then it's under, so we subtract, so it's actually a three. Which is a no, and unexpectedly. So it's not any sort of a physical challenge. Um, it's gotta be some sort of a mental challenge, and there's, an, uh, there's a plot twist here. So we'll roll the d20 for the unexpectedly. Unexpectedly three, two conflict. Okay, so we're in this conflict now. Um, we are we are thrust into whatever this this um, presumably mental battle is. Um, so it's not a it's not, so we know it's not a creature, but it's not a physical struggle. It's got to be some sort of a mental a mental struggle. Um, so one of these shadows, which is incorporeal, uh, takes takes. Uh, shape. What is the shape of? So we know it's not a cre really a creature, or at least a normal creature, but I don't know that Savage knows that. So let's roll uh, D100 on the monster selector tables from ICRPG. What does this thing appear like? We might not take this result so literally. Let's see. 76. A scarecrow walker. Oh, cool. All right. So we're gonna go. To, I'm gonna go to the entry on the scarecrow walker and see a little bit about what that's like. What that what that's about, and um, let's see, so we've got Scarecrow here, oh, it, it's even perfect, this is Psychic Insult, is the first listing on here, the deepest doubts and darkness are exposed in a victim, a target rolls, his, rolls charisma or loses their next turn, okay, so here's the thing, um, there's a Scarecrow that's, that's shadowy and it's sort of, it's not walking so much as just floating across the shadows, Sauvage, you will never become the wizard you are meant to be. Never. You are weak. You are nothing. Look around you. You have failed. Your house has failed. You will fall and become as the shadows here. You will become as nothing. Sauvage is going to have to make a charisma check here. Or loses next turn. And I'm gonna roll a D4 because something bad's gonna happen in a D4 rounds. Oh my gosh, it's in one round. This is critical. Oh, this is critical. This is so important. Uh, I should have grabbed something to become a the uh, physical token. I'll I'll grab uh, first thing I can see here. Here we go. This old Pokemon coin from when I was. Wow, this is from when I was like in elementary school. Wow, that's crazy. It's a little Charmander. This is from the 90s. Okay, that's gonna be my hero token. I only get the one. Uh, I may or may not have to use it. We'll see. Okay, so first things first. Um, I gotta make this charisma... Uh, this charisma save. Or lose my next turn. Oh, I need to put a difficulty on this room. I'm gonna roll... a d4 and add that to 10. Okay, 3. So my target number is gonna be 13. I've got my giant... comically oversized d20 here. To keep track of the target number for me. Okay. Target number 13, I've got a plus three total to my charisma. I try to translate the stats as much as possible. The only other thing I'll, I'll probably bring, um, just to, before we go any further, just so you know, I try to translate everything as much as possible to um, from the Pathfinder character to the ICRPG character. Uh, and, and, you know, the powers obviously are going to translate perfectly, um, but, you know, I, I did as much as possible, equipment, all that kind of stuff. I did give him, because um, he had some damage, I did give him some damage, but I've tried to make him more survivable. ICRPG 
just as it is, can be extremely deadly uh, for solo characters. So I have given him um, three hearts instead of one. So he has 30 total health, but I, he took a lot of damage last uh, time from that rat, and so he's down to 15, so I gave him half of his health. Okay, without any further ado, I need to roll a 10 or higher. Oh, a nine, oh, so close. I don't want to spend the hero coin yet. He's gonna lose his next turn, and this this horrible, um, this horrible whatever's gonna happen next. So let's see what ha what could happen. Um, let's see, beacon, the scarecrow signals the surrounding area of the hero's intent. It says, ill news, scarecrows delight in delivering news of doom or darkness. They cackle and taunt, warning of impending death. Okay, so I don't think it, it's necessarily attacking me, but I do want to introduce a creature now that, that you know, I, it's signaling my failure. And I'm gonna say that I think a creature shows up, so I start to, two things happen. One, a creature shows up, it's at a distance, it's not gonna attack just yet, it'll attack around later. But now, um, these shadow tendrils, actually, we'll say it, it shows up, it will attack the next round, and I could make one more save. So this bad thing does happen, I lose my next turn though, and so instead of being able to avoid it, now I have to make a save, or I'm gonna be frozen and unable to move as these shadow tendrils try to grab me from below. Um, so I'm gonna need to make, I guess we're gonna call that dexterity here, which I only have a plus one. Okay, fortunately I rolled a 17, so an 18 total. Um, I'm able to uh, dart away from the shadow tendrils, but I did lose my turn from, from that whole exchange, which means the shadow lasher now uh, is here uh, and is going to attack. It does a lash and it does it um, as a weapon damage near reach it's plus five to dex, plus two to all other rolls, and two actions per turn. So it's gonna go. Oops, it's gonna go uh, just once this time, and it is going to. Well, let's see. It could blink. It can vibrate targets. Uh, let's see. Okay, that's its other. So we're gonna have it attack first. It's got two hearts. It is gonna attack. It gets a plus two, and I've only got a defense of eleven. Okay, yeah, it big, it gets just enough um, to do some weapon damage to me as it lashes out with its shadowy claws. Uh, it does three damage. Three damage. That's no good. Down to 12 health. Now it is Sauvage's turn to act. Um, I'm going to leave all the optional magic rules and stuff off the table at the moment as I get adjusted to this workflow. We'll add them later. Okay. So first things first, I am going to... Let's see. Use some of my, potentially one of my spells. I've got Arcane Missile, Crystal Sanctuary, Mage Eye. I think it might be worth using Crystal Sanctuary. Let me make sure I know what that spell does again. Let's go, this is in the Alfheim Guide. In the Int Spells page. Let's see here. Let's see if I can pull this up quickly, otherwise I'll have to pause it real quick while I flip to it. I know there's a table of contents for it, but there, here we go. All right. So let's see. Crystal Sanctuary gives me defense. Um, let's see. But then I won't be able to attack again. So first thing, I'm, first I'm going to do Arcane Missile. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to sh shoot uh, this shard at them. So hurl a shard of pure arcane energy. Um, I'm going to have to roll into cast first. But um, if uh, let's see. Okay. So first things first. I'm going to shoot this Arcane Missile, and I got to roll int to cast it. Oh my gosh, I rolled a natural one. Ugh, okay. I'm not even gonna let myself spend a hero coin on that natural one, that sucks so much. 
So I go to cast, and I'm gonna say that I, um, hmm. I'm gonna say that I miscast, um, and so, oh man. All right, what I'm gonna say is then that like this miscast is now like magically burnt my hands. It's gonna make it harder to cast spells. So my next spell cast is gonna be hard, which means plus three difficulty. That's that's really really not good. All right, so I flubbed that. That's gonna be the end of my turn. Um, now we're gonna enter the next round as the scarecrow just. <laughs> Uh, not great. Yeah, I told you, you're worthless. You're absolutely worthless. Um, all right, Sauvage, is, I'm not gonna, well, uh, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give it a D4 cooldown from its previous, uh, previous thing here. Okay, in four rounds, it'll try to intimidate me again. This Lasher here, though, is next, uh, and it's gonna attack twice. First attack, a plus two. It's not gonna do it, second attack. That is gonna do it, it's gonna hit four. Five damage. Not looking good. All right. Whew, okay. Well, now I need to know, let's see, I gotta see what else I can use here. Is there anything else that is materialized in this room that I could maybe get up on? get the high ground. Uh, we're in the two conflict section now. No surge count, that's a seven, which is a no and. Um, no and, okay, so there, no, it, it, it's a flat plane and actually it's, I'm actually being confined now to, there's a, bit, a big circle that started to appear, an arcane circle of shadows that has made a sort of an arena. There's no way around but through. All right, well, Sauvage is going to Hmm, okay. He's gonna try to do the Crystal Sanctuary. He's gonna have to go defensively, but he's it, this is gonna be a hard, uh, this is gonna be a hard spell cast. So he needs to roll 17 or higher, and then, you know, plus his three int. Um, so he really needs to roll a 14 or higher. Ugh, 13. Do I spend my hero coin now? Because normally, let's see, the six is just short by one. Ah, oh, that sucks. All right, yeah, I'm gonna spend the hero coin. And I'm gonna roll that again. Chances are not good, but we'll see. Ugh, okay. He can't quite get it off, but at least it's it, the next one is not hard. Um, he tries to cast this this crystal sanctuary around him, but the shadowy tendrils are trying to grab him again, and it's causing him to be distracted. It's no good. It's no good at all. <laughs> the scarecrow continues to look and jeers down. Timer ticks down to three. Shadow Lasher. Um, let's see. Let's see. Does it attack this round? I'm gonna, I'm gonna just give it a, um, I'm gonna give it a 75% chance. Uh, yeah. Okay. So it's gonna attack. Here comes the first attack. Ooh, an 18. That, that'll hit. What about the second one? Second one will also hit. It does. Two, four, six damage. Oof. Sauvage is down to one. Down to one. Hmm. Okay. Here's what's gonna happen. I think Sauvage is feeling stressed about this and is tired of the Scarecrow jeering at him. He's gonna move up on the Scarecrow and try to hit it with um, with his quarterstaff. It's not good for him. He doesn't have 
really high chances of this, but it's just what narratively makes sense. So he's gonna go, well, or he could try the same thing. He could try the crystal spell again, and it would make it easy now, because I tried it last time. That's what I'm gonna do, actually. He's gonna try the crystal spell one more time. He can do magic. He's been studying forever to do this. He can do this. He has to prove himself here. So now it's gonna be easy, so the target number's only 10. Okay. Okay, he rolls a 13. He's able to cast the spell, uh, which means that he has these crystals around him. He has a plus three defense now, and it lasts until I'm harmed or my next cast. Okay, Shadow Lasher is going to um, attack then. Um, we took down, uh, the timer ticks down. It's gonna attack, here's the first attack. It misses, second attack. Uh, also misses, okay. So it's it's just trying to hit these crystals that sh that shroud him in these, in, in, and uh, form this sort of armor plating around him in this hexagonal area around him. He's so just like, <sighs> Breathing heavily now is going to try to strike. He doesn't want to dispel it by casting something else yet, so he's going to try to uh, lash out at the Shadow Lasher. Well, I guess it's repetitive, but he's going to try to hit it with his quarterstaff. He gets no bonus to this, so he needs to get a 13 or better. He rolls a natural one. He rolls a natural one. You can't make this stuff up. You can't make this stuff up. Um, okay. Yeah. Not great. Not great at all. Scarecrow laughs once again. Timer ticks down. Lasher attacks again. Misses. It rolls a natural one. I think its illusion starts to flicker. Is that what happens? I'm going to ask the oracle. Does it, does it, is, is it showing maybe to be an illusion? Since this makes sense before, we do, didn't think it was a physical creature. Is there? Is it an illusion? Uh, let's see, that's a 17. That's a no, and we get a surge count of two. No, it's not an illusion. So something else happens. Um, let's see. Hmm. It causes not to take, oh, so it blinks away. I think it blinks out, it phases out of existence for this turn. I don't know why, I don't know what it's doing, but it's gonna do, do something. Um, uh, so, all right, so it's just Sauvage and the Scarecrow. The scarecrow laughs. The timer ticks down. It's it's not going to do anything until the next round. So Savage is going to try to smack it with his quarterstaff. Um, here we go. Not able to do it though. Uh, is it, it again? The tendrils in the floor are making it difficult. Um, all right. So it, it goes down again. Savage as it starts to jeer him again supernaturally. Um, he's going to have to make a charisma check or lose his next turn. Target number is 13. Oh, just short again. Just short again by one. We've got no hero coin anymore. All right. So he's going to lose his next turn. Does the Shadow Lasher come back? 84, really 86 with the surge count. 86 is a yes and. Yes. And a second Shadow Lasher, Shadow Lasher appears. Hmm. It's no good. It's no good. Um, hmm. So you got two of them blinking around. I think Sauvage realizes now that um, it's just him and the Scarecrow is really what matters here. Nevertheless, hmm. this is looking really, really grim. 
really, really, really grim for him. Let's see, though. Let's see. Let's see what happens here. Alright, the Shadow Lashers are gonna attack. We're gonna have them each attack only once at the moment. Oh my gosh, a natural 20 on that one. So it's gonna roll ultimate effort. Um, which means it'll definitely, definitely hit and, and um, bring Sauvage below zero. So I'm not even gonna roll for that. So now I gotta roll for dying on my next round as the Scarecrow continues to laugh. Um, so I need to roll the d4. Oh, one. I have one round. Okay. Because there's nobody else who can pick me up, I'm basically going to add, essentially, for solo, because you don't want to be more harsh on yourself solo than you are with a group. Um, and I don't have a group to try to pick me up, so um, I'm going to try to basically make like a, a recovery roll on myself. It's essentially a death save here. Um, so try to see if, if I can recover at all. Um, oh, I need to make sure if I'm not blown to bits. I don't think I would be. No, okay, I'm not. Okay, so... Okay, so I get... Actually, I, I forget. I do get this. On, on each of my turns while I'm dying, I get a very narrow chance to miraculously regain consciousness, roll a d20. If it's a natural 20, it's a miracle. So I, I'll let that go, but I'm also going to still make like a basically healing and first aid check, and I've only got the one round to do it. Target number is 13. So, let's see. Um, with int or whiz. So I'll do it with intelligence. That plus three. Oh, that's gonna do it. Um, okay, so, but I'm, I'm only gonna do, um, I don't have magical healing, so we'll just say, like I have bandages in my adventurer's pack. I don't know if that's true or not, but again, I don't wanna be too harsh on myself. I know it might seem like I'm being easy on myself, but I mean, the character's dying on, you know, episode two, right? Don't worry if he if he dies, it won't be the end of the uh, end of the season. I've got some other stuff we can do. All right, but he's gonna bandage himself up. He did get su that successfully. That's gonna give him three uh, plus one, so four health back. So he's got four total health. All right, no natural twenty though, so we didn't get the miracle. Okay. So that that is. I'm taking him in the miracle slot. I am giving that sort of as a free action. Um, I am going to give him a turn now. It's the only way that the ICRPG solo is really going to be survivable, by the way. Um, don't, and I just want to say a brief aside, don't feel bad to make adjustments like this in your games. I, look, I've tried playing OSE, all these games, like rules is written solo. They just were not designed for that, and you, you would just will die. You have to make adjustments to make the game survivable. It's not taking the weak way out. It's just... You're trying to make it basically scale the way it would if you had a group, right? So that's what you got to do. M multiple people would have different actions, they'd have different stuff, different powers, all that stuff. Okay. Still very deadly situation here. He is going to take this turn. He's going to sacrifice this turn to try to recover. So D20 plus my con stat. D20 plus the con is not going to do it. He's not going to be able to recover. Um, not great. So... Next up, it is going to be the the uh, scarecrow and the um, these two shadow walkers, shadow lashers. Really, um, we need to know if they are going to attack. Do they? Do the shadow lashers attack? Does the first one attack? Uh, Sixty-four, uh, and that is into conflict. Sixty-four is a yes. So the first one's going to attack. What about the second one? The surge count of two now. It's going to be a forty-six 
uh, and that is going to be a no. So one of them attacks, one of them does not. Uh, because the one did hit with a natural 20, the crystals are gone, so his defense is back to 11. Okay, just misses, the Shadow Lasher does. Savage is gonna focus on the Scarecrow. Because he tried before, it's gonna make the roll easy now. So he's gonna roll, target number is a 10. He's got a 50% chance of hitting. 10, okay, well, I guess a little bit higher, 52% chance, or 50, 55% chance. Anyways, he gets it, all right? He gets it, he just makes the 10, so he's gonna hit the Scarecrow um, with his quarterstaff. So he's gonna do D6 plus one damage. Oh man, okay. If I'd gotten a six, it'd be great. I get wild power anytime I roll max on a die, I roll again. Didn't happen this time, that's okay. Still, he does six damage to the Scarecrow, which has three hearts. But I'm gonna ask if this is a normal Scarecrow, because I don't know that it is. Um, we've, we've got a surge count of two going. Uh, is that enough to defeat this Scarecrow? Because this seems to be more of a mental challenge anyway. Let's ask. 58 plus two, that's gonna be 60. And 60 is a yes. The, the Scarecrow and the Shadow Lashers whew, disappear and are dispelled. Uh, the challenge here being um, that, what I suspected is the GM, but I still rolled for anyways, was that like, because this is a mental challenge, it wasn't really about getting sidetracked with the Shadow Lashers, but finding the source as this thing was happening in his mind. The Scarecrow disappears and, and its laughter finally stops the tendrils below um, begin to recede. We need to know sort of what's up next. So this is sort of this part of the challenge. Um, I'm gonna roll, see if there's gonna be some loot. I wanna know if it's gonna be shabby loot or what kind of loot it's gonna be. I'm just gonna roll a D3 and pick from the first three tables here. Okay, it's a three, so we've got ancient loot and then shabby loot, what's next? Cursed loot, of course it's cursed loot. We're gonna roll on some cursed loot. What do we get? Uh, 35. 35. Staff of Serpents. Ooh, okay. Out of the out of the shadows emerges the staff. It's a plus three charisma, but and the user is drawn into sadistic uses of magic. Ooh, cool. All of a sudden you can see the, the shadows now, you can see the sort of the shadowy tendrils inside the eyes of Sauvage start to look as he, as he grabs this staff, which I'm gonna write down, the Staff of Serpents. Staff of Serpents. You have shown yourself to be wiser than you appeared at first. All right, so let's see, we add that to a, geez, plus three charisma. Um, but this could end up being bad, though, as he becomes sadistic. He does need to be a, uh, a leader. Gonna, his charisma is ridiculous now. This is, um... Uh... Yes. Yes. Embrace the shadows. Never fear. Never give in to your fears. In fact, you must rule, Sauvage, as chief wizard, with fear. You must wield fear itself. All right, well, we're put sadistic. That might be something that I just role play out where I might make myself have to resist it at times um, in order to like potentially get rid of this item. That could be something interesting. 
Savage is certainly going to take a darker turn as a character now. He's not necessarily going to be this lawful, or he was sort of neutral before anyways, but he's definitely not going to be this sort of lawful character. But we need to know what's next. There's another challenge. I don't even know if he'll be able to keep the staff out of the challenge yet. But we need to, we need to move on to the next challenge. I'm going to, I'm going to flip uh, to one of these random rooms. I'm just going to look at the rooms, see which ones there are. And I'm going to flip to one of these random pages, or let's see how many pages there are. Like one, two, three, four. Four example rooms here. I'm going to roll to see which one. It's going to be on the second page. And it's going to be number one or number two. The first one, pinch. There's going to be a pinch room. So the target number is 14. Um, so the, the sort of these large doors swing open. You know, is it a physical challenge in here? Uh, we'll do the two ending, well, two knowledge, we'll say, for this scene. The answer is this next room. Uh, 13, I think our surge is gone. Um, no, wait, we our surge is actually up to four. So 13 actually becomes a nine. And so with a nine on two knowledge, we get a no but. And our surge is gone. So no, it's not a physical challenge. Uh, but it's not, we're gonna say it's not a challenge room necessarily at all. There's not like a trap necessarily. Or no, it's not a physical challenge or um, a physical threat. But it is, it is a room that's more physical than the previous one. Okay, so he wakes up in the room, like actually in the room. It's like actually a physical room in here. Um, what kind of stuff do we see? Is there, or are, are there, like, are there people in here? They may not be a challenge, but are there people in here? Let's see. 19. To knowledge, uh, no and. No, there's no people in here. Um, and there's no, there's nothing living in here at all. It's a room perhaps full of tapestries. This is probably gonna be some sort of a puzzle. Um, but the only way out is through. There's nowhere else through. That's what we're gonna take the pinch sort of formation room to mean. So let's see, maybe there's a large tapestry. Uh, what kind of things do we see on the tapestry? Does it, I'm assuming it weaves the tail of this chief wizard, but maybe not. Does, is, is that a good assumption? There's no surge, 17. Uh, no, and, it doesn't weave the tail of the, of the oh, okay, but no, and, it's actually, um, it weaves the tail of his enemies. Not just, not him, but it's the, his enemies um, from his perspective. Or maybe it's his downfall. Oh, he sees, what was, what was the downfall? Of, of this wizard. Hmm. Was he, I wonder, was he wielding the staff that Sauvage has in his hands now? Uh, 26. Uh, let's see, 26 is a, just a no, so we'll get a surge of two now. No, he's not wielding the staff. Oh, are his enemies? Are his enemies wielding the staff? Or are they fighting over the staff? Or is the staff on the tapestry at all if he's not wielding it? Is, the, is it in the tapestry at all? 95, uh, so 97, which is uh, a yes, but. Okay, so it is in the scene, but neither of them has it. I think they're they're fighting over it. Um, hmm. Are they consumed by the staff? Is the staff what's the downfall of both him and his enemies? 90, uh, 95, um, yes, but, okay. So the staff itself is their downfall. Oh, interesting. 
Okay, I think I know what it is. So as they're looking at this, as he's looking at this tapestry, at first he thinks like, oh, maybe they're fighting over the staff. They just sort of we've reason, we've reasoned, but we real what we realize is we keep moving through the tapestry. That what's actually happened is this this Lefeu ancestor, this chief wizard, his downfall is that he and his rival um, is his rival another house. That's what I need to know real quick. Fifty. Um, no, okay, it's not. It's another. Okay, so it's not a rival house. So I know this is. Him and his son, who should succeed him, are fighting because he he his son tries to usurp his father's throne as chief wizard, and they get into this mighty battle, this mighty wizard battle, and the two of them fuse together almost like a caduceus into these two serpents and the magic itself transforms them into this staff. This staff is two of Sauvage's ancestors locked now in this eternal this eternal conflict and the staff as they are they're sadistic and they're just now they've just they've they've gotten this out of out of fighting each other and they've been in here for so long. And Sauvage learns the secret now. This is what he was sent here to find. Not only find an artifact, but find out that the only way to truly uh, succeed as the chief wizard is to be willing to give it all up, to wield with a rod of iron, to take the chief wizarddom by force, and to wield it as long as you can, because your successors will, will take it from you. And this is one of the reasons why there's been the downfall of the Lefeu house. This has been tainted and poisoned by this staff ever since. And I think now, now we're back. We're back in that room in the mausoleum. As he's transported back and the chief wizard is there. I'm gonna make myself have to make a a wisdom save. Otherwise, something terrible is going to happen. I know what it is, but I'm not going to say it. I want him to see if he can keep himself against it. It's a wisdom save here. I got a plus one. We're going to keep the target number from the previous room as a 14. I just barely get it. Sauvage feels welling up inside of him. This hatred. This just wanting to make his his, his instructor suffer for keeping this secret from him. He's so angry about it. He just wants to, he just wants to make him suffer for it. That would make him feel, feel better. It make him feel powerful. He nearly strikes his instructor with this new staff of serpents. It says, but he keeps his hand from it at the last moment, with the staff an inch from his instructor's face, and he says. I should kill you now where I stand. You said I had to prove myself or not come back at all. Well, I'm here. And I have what is rightfully mine. I am, at this moment, he snacks, smacks the staff down. I am Sauvage Lefeu, chief wizard of the Lefeu clan. I am declaring myself the head of the Lefeu clan. Now, I want to know, was there another... He was just the chief wizard, but he was was he supposed to be the leader of the clan? 
I don't know. This is going to be to conflict. We get a four, uh, which is... Um, and, and I think, did we have a surge? No, we didn't have a surge. Um, so it's just a four. On to conflict, a four is no but. No, um, there wasn't another leader, but uh, it wasn't it wasn't supposed to be uh, Sauvage yet, anyway, till he ascended. But he he declares himself, I I am the chief wizard of the Lefeu clan, and he said, my enemies will fall before me. I am now the ruler of the Lefeu clan, and you will serve me now. As he looks at the professor, or his instructor. Now that's where we're gonna end that part of the scene. But because of the way this is going, we're gonna make an interesting pivot here. Because clearly, Sauvage here now, it's not just that he's got this cursed loop, but this whole cursed part of his family. Clearly what I've been playing this first two sessions is the villain for this season. And that's gonna mean we're gonna need a protagonist. And so that means before next session, I will make the stats and everything. We're going to use Forbidden Lands because this is how we're going to tie the two together. This is what's happening on In the City Trapped Under Ice. At the same time, we're going to have who's going to be the protagonist, definitively, from Forbidden Lands trying to work his way into the city, where ultimately Sauvage is going to be working to try to grab as much power as he can in the city. So I'm going to be playing both sides here. Um, sometimes I'll play one character and sometimes I'll play the other. Sometimes I'll just ask questions about one character and sometimes questions about the other. I'm, I feel like I'm playing chess against myself in a way. I have no idea where this is going to go. I didn't plan this particular twist. I had no idea, but it's just, I know that this, this needs to be. This needs to be Sauvage. I'm sort of inspired, I guess, by Me, Myself, and Die. He played a game to make the villain where he made a, a lich. And I don't know if Sauvage is going to end up being a lich or not um, or what the timeline looks like here, but certainly... It could be going that way. Sauvage is certainly the antagonist of this story. So we need to ask a few questions about, so we can make room for our protagonist for next episode. So I need to know, we're on the outside here. Um, we, we don't know yet, is the storm raging still above, or is there some chance of survival up there? Um, in other words, we, we have to know how far our character is coming from. Is he close by, or does he have to be outside the storm? Does he have to be far away? Um, so we're going to go to not... We're going to actually do two endings on this. Um, so is it survivable ab above the city? More or less. Um, that is a 36, which is a no. It is not very... We, now we have a surge count of two. Um, it is not survivable up there so we're, it's gonna be have to tr we're gonna have to trek our way closer and trek our way probably through some subterranean cavern entrance of the city i want to know have there been people who have come from this city who have made it to wherever our protagonist is going to be from had the in other words have people actually truly made it outside of this huge city under the ice in, in the past you know Several, several decades. Got a surge count of two. That's going to be a 44, then a 42 in this case. Uh, so that's a no. So nobody has made it out. So there are only rumors that uh, people have been able to make it out of the city. Now, I want to know if there are visible signs coming from that area 
which could lead to an interesting next question. Um, are there visible signs? That's it. We got a search count of four. Are there visible signs of the growing magical situation from the city under ice in that area in the world storm? That is a seven with a surge count of four. This is going to bring us down to three, which is a no and. So no, there hasn't been any sign because I think the ice is growing. Uh, is, he, is the ice growing ever thicker or is the storm growing stronger? Hmm. Oh, that means there must be some sort of a barrier where they wouldn't even be able to notice the, the magical signs because the storm is raging and it's actually raging even harder than it was before. That's what we're going to say. The storm is raging even harder and there is some sort of a magical barrier. Now, I want to know, is our next episode going to take place in the same time or is there going to be some amount of time that passes? Is it going to be taking place at the same time? Our search count's gone. Two endings, 20. No and. No, it's not going to be taking place in the same time. And not only are so many years going to pass, it's going to be twice as much as I was going to do. I was going to do D4 years. It's going to be 2D4 years now have passed. Two years. Two years have passed since Sauvage ascended to the um, chief wizarddom of and head of the Lefeu clan. So we're going to have some interesting questions about what's been going on in that city. Two years later, in next episode, we will have our protagonist uh, for this season. That protagonist will use, um, most likely, Forbidden Lands, um, and we will see how that goes. Unless Crown and Skull gets here quick enough, and that seems like the way to go, we'll see. Probably Forbidden Lands, though. But again, you guys know, it, I'm just going to play whatever game I pick up for the next session. That's just what it's going to be. Well, this did not go at all the way that I expected, but I hope you enjoyed it. It just seemed like it just seemed like the way to go. The biggest thing I've noticed with playing solo is you have to be extremely willing to take, you know, just random thoughts you've had or random other things you've had and try to connect them together. You've got to connect these disparate things together. Um, and that's half the fun, of, especially of solo play. You can do that even more, I think, than in a... Um, in a group game. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Thank you so much again uh, for tuning in. Thank you again, Andy, for sending in an email. I'm glad that to have you all here. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Let me know what you think. Send me an email at uh, my first and last name, James Schrall at proton.me. It'll be in the show notes. Um, let me know what you think. And you can, you can either send me an audio file, a text file, or both. I'll read it or play it on the show unless you say otherwise. Um, and, and once again, thank you so much for tuning in to Subclass Act.